0: Welcome to this week's episode of More Tech. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan, and this week we're going to be talking about something that you typically don't think about, and that's what happens to all of your tech and online profiles and accounts and all that kind of stuff when you die. Uh, I know a lot of people, when they think about all of their stuff that they have, they typically just think about... Just using it, their Facebook, their email accounts, um, so on and so forth. So it's kind of like just something that is there but not really thought about. And this topic really came to me today because of an article that actually came out today. And that article was by Telereport.com where they pretty much said that it was a court verdict that Apple must grant heirs access to the iCloud account of a deceased. And it surprised me in this, because for a number of people, they probably automatically assume that, you know, once someone's dead, they, they don't really necessarily think about the account. But there's a lot of reasons why you probably might want to. and. It, definitely comes down into effect for things that are relating to people's phones. Um, iCloud, for example, would be the place that a lot of people would probably store their photos, their contacts, their notes, and a lot of good stuff that they probably tried to save their personal thoughts and life on. For Androids, I know I personally back up a lot of my stuff onto my um, Google account, my photos, my uh, notes, uh, all my game saves, my contacts, and a number of other things that in case I ever lose a phone, then I can just plug in my information and I get it all back. I don't necessarily lose it in case I lose the phone. But therein lies the issue. What happens when the person who knows to access it no longer is available, but you would have had maybe pictures of children of family members of loved ones uh information about businesses like here's an example there was a canadian man who ran a uh cryptocurrency exchange over in canada and, and online he went to india and died while he was in india now this man had um how should i say this he he had a about one point sorry 190 million dollars worth of people's money if i remember correctly uh just tied up inside there and this became an issue because this guy uh even though you know this information secured and you think you know it's a business and everything like that and your information is you know managed by people he was the only person with the password to everyone's information which means that 190 million dollars in cryptocurrency um, information doesn't exist anymore uh well i shouldn't say it doesn't exist but no one has access to it his wife has scoured their house numerous times trying to find anything and anything that might be the information and it's all to no avail Meaning, well, there's not much you can really do about it. Your your information is gone. And this is what's leading a lot of people to start to take a look at what happens when they die. And there are 32 states in the United States that have actually started to... How should I say this? They have started the, uh, to make it mandatory that in a person's will, they name and give the information to the executor of your will, for example, um, to say, you know, here's my online stuff, here's how you access it. So it's in a sense, a digital will. Now, there are a number of things that you really need to think about it, uh, so key issues mainly for a lot of people are well privacy do you really want someone else being able to go through your stuff i know my best friend for example has told me um, he wants me to scramble his hard drives burn them and then just get rid of like all of his hardware for the most part unless it's like something i could probably use um and so you know that's what he's told me to do (laughs) he does i don't think he's actually put in his will i'm not sure yet but that's his insurance to make sure his privacy is secured the other one is access and that's pretty much should you leave someone behind passwords so that they could deactivate close out accounts and pretty much make sure that things aren't really going to happen especially if you let's say have a spotify or netflix account and you you just have that running and that's just taking from your um, credit or debit card until someone goes in and ceases your bank account then that's less money that could probably have gone to someone that was actually supposed to be listed inside of your will Um, then there's your legacy because there's the question of if you'd rather your facebook or twitter remain as a legacy after you've died and to that aspect there are some social media sites that have started a, um, a process of allowing a deceased person's loved ones to go in and convert the account to a legacy or, uh, well, I think legacy is probably the best word, a legacy type of account where it's all memorialized. No one can really post on it like that anymore. Um, it's just there. And it's so people can go back and look and see, like, and the memories that they would have made with that person, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird topic to really breach. And there are some people that say, say to make a digital, digital will, not just have it as part of a physical will. Um and this can be anything as simple as leaving your loved one the password to your password manager or say um if you have shared accounts or family based accounts then that allows people to still have access to the games the videos the uh, music and all that kind of books that you may have purchased from somewhere else um and then that allows them to now have access to your library but then again that leads to other questions about ownership is ownership something that's lifetime owned is it something that is so essentially is it something that is just the lifetime expectancy of that person or is that something to then be passed on to someone else and that's something that typically does not happen so GR Wilson saying LastPass allows him to create a digital will and leave a master password to a loved one. And yes, that's one of the things I personally love about um LastPass as well. That's the one that I use. And I actually have my mother as the person um in case something happens to me for that. Uh with my Gmail, I leave that to my best friend and my mother as well. Uh so that's another part. When it comes to Email accounts, like Gmail, there are many personal information pieces that can essentially be on those things. Like like I mentioned earlier, with iPhones and Androids and Gmail and all the things that Google has, because Google has a ton of stuff, because that password gives you access to your YouTube account, your Google Photos, your, well, now defunct Google Plus uh your email account of course um all of the information all of your histories all of your searches all of where you've been in your location if you had location services on all of that information becomes something that that person now has access to and that could also be parts that you may not want them to have but if you're dead it might actually help in a number of ways Yeah, you're right. Google Drive as well. I don't know why I forgot that one. So, for example, let's start with something as simple as your emails. This could help you figure out, well, this could help your loved one um, understand you better. Uh, It could help them, and maybe, let's say something malicious happened to you. Getting access to that kind of stuff would also help you, uh, could help in a number of ways, because one, if you had communications with a person that may have caused you harm, they can go through that. Two, location history. This would say exactly where you've been on that same day, because it's been tracking your location. Uh, But then that gets a little sketchy. Not everyone wants that available, like I mentioned. So to each their own, I'm not going to force anyone to say that and, and say, you know, you have to have this but it's definitely something that you should consider now there are also ways to do it where you write it down on write your master password for example to your password manager on a piece of paper that you know you leave and you give instructions to someone say if something happens to me I'm leaving something here that should help with doing what you need to do with my accounts and so on and so forth So you can do it like that, or you can give them however you want to do it. Now, you don't have to also list all of your passwords, because sometimes all you really need to do is maybe give someone uh, access to your Gmail account, or your email account. Let me stop using Gmail, specifically, to your email account um especially since that is going to be one of the primary ways that you're going to be able to actually close your accounts because a lot of places will ask for confirmation and send a confirmation email before they can close down something uh jr wilson says when i started thinking about this it really made me think about cleaning up my online accounts (laughs) you're right and again this is not something that everyone really thinks about this is something that a lot of people tend to either not really think about bypass because it's too morbid or just get lazy with. And I mean having a lot of email uh, a lot of online accounts is probably if you're not having if you're not using proper password management then that could probably cause you issues because then if you keep using the same password everywhere that means they're probably going to crack into something else that you have and get more information if they hack into somewhere that they shouldn't be going. But that's a different topic. Um, so, for example, uh, if you want someone to get access to that, then you can write down the email address, write down the password, store that somewhere. Or like in um, certain cases, if you haven't logged into a website for six or months or 12 months, then it automatically sends your information to a designated contact Um, Now things get a little sketchy if that designated contact doesn't really Log into their stuff either. Let's say you both of you were together But you can list sometimes several different peoples just in case so if you know someone's outside your friend circle that you may have had your malady with then That person would have probably gotten your information and then they can probably help you out with that Now When it comes to actually setting things up, there are things that the person who's living would need to have available. And this is a conversation that you really need to start having before something like this happens to you, because it's already, in a sense, too late when it does. So when it comes to Twitter, family and friends can download a copy of your public tweets and close your account. Your digital executor will need to provide their name and contact details their relationship to you your twitter username and a link or a copy to your obituary uh when it came to facebook the change came in december 2009 uh, changes to their privacy policy meant that people behind facebook began uh deciding on your behalf exactly how comfortable you were about sharing your information so on and so forth upon your death You'll not only have to worry about Facebook setting up public default settings. You'll also have to worry about family deciding whether to deactivate, delete, download, or memorialize your profile. To do any of this though, your family will still need your username and password. So therein goes, you know, having access to a password manager where they can then get the information that they need to close out your accounts and so on and so forth. When it comes to MySpace, if you still actually have one of these things, um especially since if i remember correctly just a few weeks ago maybe a month or two ago at max uh someone did something stupid at myspace and wiped out pretty much everyone's music history and all the music downloads and pretty much the only reason why people were actually still using myspace so yeah if you're still using that and uh you haven't closed out your account yet then you can pretty much uh well they can send proof of death that you know you're dead and they'll delete your account or cancel it for linkedin uh you can also close your account if they receive a confirmation of your death so again a ob- obituary youtube allows your heir or power of attorney control over your account and the content if they don't already have your password Google Plus and Gmail will provide account information to family members at their discretion, so Google's discretion. Again, they're probably gonna ask for that obituary and so on and so forth and proof that you're connected. Uh, After receiving a certificate of your death, uh, sorry, a copy of your death certificate, eBay will close out your account and delete all customer details. PayPal will need to view a death certificate before closing an account, and if there is any money on the account, a check will be issued to the name of the account holder, meaning your name, which means that the person who is managing your account, uh, well, managing your death, would need to uh, probably talk to the bank about that. And that would probably still go through the will and everything like that and so on and so forth. Then when you get to places like uh, online dating profiles, her, her, like Match.com will block the account of a user who has died so it's no longer visible on the site and your power of attorney will need to contact Match.com to retrieve account information. eHarmony accounts will remain open until a family member or power of attorney contacts the site, at which point they will close the account. So those are some examples of what you need to do. And... I think the key thing is that they need proof of your death. They're not just going to uh, say, oh, well, Joe Blow, I knew him and he died, so just give me the account information. No, it doesn't really work like that. Um, they need something that is proof that, you know, you died, proof of, you know, relationship, and then it still may go towards the discretion based off of all of that. If they feel that, you know, this does this seems a little shady. Whoops, sorry about that. Then um they may not just do it at all. So there's that as well. Now When it comes to Facebook, there are some things that I will like to say. So when you they memorialize your account with either Facebook or Instagram or stuff like that, Uh, They can't be changed after being memorialized, and no one can log into the profile ever again. So that has to be one of the last things they do. Now, your posts will stay shared on the site and are visible to people that they were shared with, but they don't appear in public spaces like searches. Um, Instagram will ask that friends and relatives get in touch via email to notify them that the user has died, And that they're asking for proof of death, like I mentioned. Pinterest will not hand over login details for a dead user, but will deactivate their account if you send an email with a list of required information, including the user's death. And um, you can either provide, for some, a death certificate, an obituary, or a link to a news article as proof for Pinterest. So they... They typically probably will not take something that you just took a screenshot of and sent it to them. They're going to want something that they can actually find it themselves if they need to somewhere like uh, a news article or something that seems legit. I think that's I I keep reiterating that because that's a point that I want to drive home. Um, With Google, what the, the service that they use for that is called Inactive Account Manager. That's where, you know, after six months, they'll probably send you, send your information out. And every so often, even if you're using the account, they will send you a reminder to say, hey, uh, this is the thing that you signed up for. These are the people that you had given us to send the information to. Do you still want these people to be in, uh, these points of contact? And this is important because not everyone is always going to be a part of your life. So, for example... You may have gone through a divorce, you may have um, had a really bad breakup with your best friend, Uh, so on and so forth. So people that you may have wanted to leave that information to, you no longer trust, and you may have forgotten about that. So in cases like this, it's good because then it reminds you to maybe clean up who you're leaving your stuff up to, and you can clear that up. You, you know, sorry i was about to say Yahoo. yahoo will let relatives and friends delete an account if they have proof of death and apple like we started this episode off with is a little funny because uh they originally in their in their uh legal terms and services and uh, conditions they say that iCloud and iTunes accounts are non-transferable, meaning that any rights to information terminate when a user dies. And that's not really the best thing. So, what essentially happened with that Apple case is that the Munster District Court has ordered Apple to grant the heirs of a deceased iCloud user access to its data. The relatives hope for information about the circumstances of death. Remember earlier how I said sometimes this can help you in case you die? They then say that according to the biofield law firm Brandy, who represented the heirs in court, the father died during a field a trip. Sorry, a trip abroad. Apple has rejected the des- desire of relatives to gain access to the data stored in the iCloud. Out of court, the company did not want to comment on the case. Experts pointed out, however, that the iPhone group and. In- the past, in similar cases, the heirs have made possible access to iCloud data of the deceased even without trial. The submission of a Certificate of Inheritance was sufficient. In other cases, it needed a court order. So when you really dig into uh, the Apple iCloud Terms and Services page, there's actually this little section that's called "No Right to Survivorship, where it says, unless otherwise required by law you agree that your account is non-transferable and that any rights to your apple id or content within your account terminate upon your death upon receipt or a copy of a death certificate your account may be terminated and all content within your account deleted this would mean all of your pictures that you would have taken on your iphone all of your notes that you would have stored on your apple id via your mac computer via your ipad your iphone your ipod pretty much anything even your contacts when you die is deleted i'm not saying that as someone who's anti apple or anything like that i'm just simply saying this so that you guys are aware that when you use apple services this is what you're also signing up for when you use their app iCloud services um So yeah, it's Apple's policy to delete your account when you die. And so this court case and this verdict is a win for those who want access after you've died. The people that essentially you would leave your digital will to. Um, And part of the issue is that laws weren't really made for the digital era as of yet. A lot of things are still in the form of old things, uh, paper, uh, physical, tangible items. But when you go online, a lot of this is not something that you can really get access to. And so a lot of laws don't really touch it. There's still laws being made about things that are online. And they're very tough to really touch because when you're online, they spread across... Whew... Well, they spread across the world because it's the World Wide Web. Now, regardless of any of that, most of the time, it still falls under local law because a person is a citizen of a country. And so most of the times, the laws that are within that country come into play. And this is where a lot of times companies will try to go after people because they're in a particular country that doesn't allow for something, And so they try to get the person who's infringing on whatever it is based off of what the laws are in that country. So, likewise, if once I would say the new generation really comes up, since they're the more digital, I think my generation is the generation that's really seeing the digital generation develop and developing the future generations to become digital generations. Um we're going to probably see more fights for something like this to really become something that's needed. Again, there are already 36 States in the United States that are making this mandatory. And you know, that's, that's already more than half. And that's going to trickle down to other places over time, I'm sure, but it's going to have to be something that people will probably still have to fight for. So how do you really make a digital will? The inventory part of your will can be as simple as a note on your computer where you list all your online accounts or other important digital information like a password manager i'm not sure what that was but um okay i know what that was now that being said if you use something like a master password then you only need to change that when you change your master password that makes it simple when it comes to your social media accounts you're going to want people to have access to that because of the photos and history and you know things that mean a lot to people based on that so it's as simple as that get a password manager Give someone the uh, give leave the ability for someone to get access via a master password, and use that password manager as your means to all of your online accounts. They can generate secure passwords for you. They can store them, and you don't really have to worry about writing them down like that anymore. Uh. So yeah, we're about half an hour into this episode, but. I do want to uh, leave a few things and just go through some services and policies for top procedures. Well, for top services, I already went meant through uh, memorialization for Facebook. That's essentially when they've learned that you've died and no one steps up to request otherwise, it's automatically memora- memorialized. Um, and how can you give a friend or family control of that? You can go to your account settings and des- designate a legacy contact. You can permit your contact access to uh, specific account information, like previously uploaded photos. That way the important items aren't lost, but you can prevent unwanted eyes saying going through your messages. For Instagram, your family can request to delete your accounts or you can memorialize your account. Instagram does not allow you to choose a legacy contact before you die. This means that you'll need to leave specific instructions in your will as to whether you'd like the account deleted or memorialized. For Google, there's the inactive account manager, who you would have designated and reminds you every so often. If your accounts have money in them, so uh, say in Google Wallet or AdSense, your estate administrator can submit appropriate documentation to empty the funds for disbursement, sorry, just for disbursement, to your legal next of kin uh, this also would apply i'm sure for those who would have gotten some kind of monetization from youtube so on and so forth for twitter now this one's a little different without a deactivation request or other special steps your twitter account simply remains as is your loved one can ask twitter to remove specific tweets or images But the company reserves the right to decline these requests requests if they determine they're newsworthy or of public interest. So for the average Joe Blow, they'll probably do it. For LinkedIn, your family or loved ones start the process by completing an online form with your name and your LinkedIn profile URL, their relationship to you, your date of birth, and a link to your obituary or relevant news article. For YouTube, If they don't know your password, they can fill it out using an online form. Again, all of this is circumvented if they just have access to your email account. Yahoo, we already went through that one. eBay, uh, we already went through that one. PayPal, a copy of your death certificate, a copy of their government-issued ID and a legal will designated them as your executor. And yeah, so what they say as a comparison to real life will versus digital will is that for real life you have to worry about your body so that's organ and tissue donations your funeral your remains and do not resuscitate order along with money um your work documentations and stuff like that you need to set your executor the stuff that you have so like your house your car your personal belongings your furniture any charitable donations that you wanted to do, and your bucket list, you know, in case you want to do something before you die. Now, when it comes to your digital life, it's a little bit different. It's your social media accounts, your email accounts, your digital executor, who can be different than your physical executor. Your online business, that's one that you probably didn't think about either. Um, Your online dating stuff which we kind of did go over so you may also want someone before they memorialize your Facebook account to probably go into places that you would have logged in with your Facebook account and close out those accounts like a tinder for example or Bumble I'm not sure if Bumble uses Facebook as well but those kind of sites then you know your contact information with your friends your digital leg- legacy, like uh, final goodbye videos, uh, so you can actually have someone post up a video of yourself in case you know you wanted to say goodbye to everybody and probably make them cry. Uh, then there's the online photos, your social media um, memorialization, your a memorial website, a uh, final blog post in case you do blogs, final uh, status update tweet kind of thing and then goodbye letters in case you want to send them out via email you know those are all things that you should probably take a look into before you're dead and then there's the online gaming stuff so in case you've got kids or a friend or anything like that and then you want to share your account with and because that's a lot of stuff that would essentially have just gone and is just gone if not you didn't share your information with anybody then well, at least they would have had access to your library to play the games that you may not have been able to finish. So, there's one statistic I want to end things off with, and that's that essentially three Facebook account users die every minute. That's about 1.78 million people on Facebook back in 2011 Um, I think the number was that there would be more dead people if Facebook did not get new users as of today that by 2065 there would be more dead people on Facebook than alive people it's kinda morbid when you think about it but yeah, there is that. So, yes, that's it for this week's episode of More Tech. It was a humbling episode, to put it lightly. And, um, yeah, I hope everyone actually takes something from this and starts working on their digital will. Because you never know when something might happen to you. Uh, yeah, so... Chuck us back for next week's eSports Wrap on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And more tech will be back next week Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. If you want to be a part of any of our conversations, we're on Twitter at MOAR underscore cookies. We also have a Discord that's generally going to be a link under the video that you're watching if you're watching the video. And you can also watch any of our past episodes or listen to our podcasts on more cookies m-o-a-r cookies.com until next time guys keep it savvy